It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. Owl post for the week is freshly delivered. I am one of your hosts here, Master Mugwump Matthew Rushing, and with me, as she is always, the wonderful and talented witch extraordinaire, Drea Kaufman. Hello. Why, hello. How are you? I am well. Hopefully, uh, little one's been a little uh, vocal today. She's in the other room, but if she gets real vocal, y'all might get a nice taste of that. Here tonight. Uh, well, I don't think anybody will mind. Very distant. It'll be very distant, but you, you <laughs> might catch it looming in the background. So if you do, well, well-trained ears, y'all, or your parents, and you're used to hearing it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. That's awesome, though. So, well, excited to be here because I feel like um, as I was rereading this chapter this week, I was like, okay, this book is really like we've hit the ground now like and we're we're running at this point like the, everything is starting to happen and there's some huge things that happen in the marauders map chapter so i'm really excited to talk about them with you uh before we do that um hey everybody thanks so much for joining us i really appreciate it uh you can find all the shows that we do here on the nerd party over on uh, itunes a great place also to give us star ratings and reviews so we really appreciate those for owl posts they help the show grow more people find the show um and i know that because as we get more reviews the the actual downloads for the show go up more people are finding us uh, and so really appreciate that and so many people have been sharing us on social media and talking about us and tweeting at us so uh, you can always do that uh, at Join Nerd Party. You can find us there. Uh, use the hashtag OwlPost, and, and Dre and I always look for that. Uh, you can also find us, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party. And if you would like to send us an email, you know, we love getting emails. We love giving comments from people. Uh, go over to the nerdparty.com slash contact and choose OwlPost, and that'll come to Dre and I, and we can talk to you there as well. So, all of those places, great places to reach out, and we really appreciate everybody who does. We love the tweets. We love the gifts we get. We love the comments on the show page um, over at facebook.com slash the nerd party when we post our shows and people talk about what we've talked about. So, so much fun. Um, but I have to say, this chapter starts out swimmingly, and poor Harry is having a really bad time, but... 
My favorite thing about the beginning, the very beginning of the chapter, is that Ginny Weasley brings Harry a get well card that she made herself. My favorite part of this chapter is you referred to it as swimmingly. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not so going far. <laughs> I mean, well, it was raining like cats and dogs. So they uh, might actually lot. be swimming somewhere. It, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and he was swimming in a sea of dementors. So, oh, I mean, not true. really the pool you want to go into, mm-hmm. but just saying. This is a pretty mm. long chapter, honestly, for of some of them we've read so far. Just overall, I want to say it's one of the actual page count longer chapters. It's a little, almost 20 pages, which is pretty long for what we've gotten to so far in the series. Um, not a bad thing at all. Not a criticism. Just an observation. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot that happens in this chapter. It probably could have gotten split into two chapters, but it, it uh, definitely, there's a lot that we get to experience here. Um, and I do love that Ginny, I, I do love that we get a lot more Ginny in the book than we get in the movies um, consistently. She's mm-hmm. kind of always there in some capacity, maybe not as a featured character, but she kind of pops up every couple of chapters. She's there doing something, so foreshadowing perhaps oh so cute as she brings him this card that you know she gives to him she like she's beat red when she does apparently and like <laughs> it shrills at him it, it because it's singing it's a singing card apparently uh, she's 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 tried to replicate i guess those uh hallmark cards you know the open and the play the song um but this one's not quite as successful and so harry has to keep it under a bowl of fruit so it won't sing to him <laughs> That is really funny. So funny. It's just so adorable. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's uh, I guess when I said it's not going swimmingly is that Harry has not told anybody about the Grimm that he saw before running into the Dementors. And he also hasn't told anybody about what the Dementors are making him relive, which is hearing Voldemort kill his mother which, again, when she describes what Harry's been experiencing and, and the fact that he's not now dreaming about this, uh, wow, I, the, the chapter starts with this really ominous feeling. And it really, I think she highlights the horror that Harry is experiencing. And it, it, it really... Um, it kind of made me uncomfortable rereading it this time, just like putting myself in Harry's shoes. And, and you know, I've, I've woken up from nightmares before. Luckily, none of them about my parents being murdered. But still, this just... I think this kind of cements that this book is going to be darker than where we've been before, especially by talking in depth about what Harry's going through psychologically. Like, we're getting some new depth to the characters and their experience here now. We definitely are starting. So of all of her books, she kind of throughout her whole series, she definitely starts out light and kind of gets darker each book. And I think about, we're about halfway through this book. When you look at kind of just page count wise, this is where I think we're starting to hit that sort of, crux and we're starting to turn a little bit onto that darker side um usually when i've talked to parents before with younger kids and they're reading the the series to the kids usually by the end of this book is where they kind of either stop and wait a year or two for the kid to get a little bit older 
um, or that's when they really ex- have to start processing more of what's happened. Like with the children, they have to actually go through and start doing some like, hey, are you are you okay? How are you feeling? Or, you know, is this traumatizing? That sort of thing. Um, so we're definitely, definitely getting into the darker side of, of what emotions and what kind of themes we're playing with um, already. And we're only halfway through the third book. So it's definitely not something that you want to think about. And it's not something you like want to think about a kid, even at 13, having to go through. You don't want to think about anyone, you know, having to go through it, regardless of how old they are. So um, it's one of those like where you wish you could kind of forget it and she doesn't let you forget it. So you're kind of like, oh, it's it's part of what you're doing. And part of you is like, no, just let me forget. (laughs) That's a really good thing that she doesn't allow you the ease of, of forgetting that. Because it, it's also going to be something that gets a little bit darker uh, in this chapter as, you know, they go back to Lupin's class. And luckily Lupin is there. He allows everybody the freedom to not have to do the essay that Snape has ordered. And Hermione's pissed because she's already done the essay, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but then he has this really interesting conversation. Lupin asks him to stay after class. And they talk about his broomstick being messed up. And we find out something really interesting that the Whomping Willow was actually planted the, f- the year that Lupin himself arrived at Hogwarts. Yeah, that I, I don't think I had remembered that um, from, from anything previously discussed, um, like from any of my previous reads or anything like that. Um, and I don't remember the significance of that so i'm i'm excited to like relearn the significance of that um because i honestly don't remember yeah and i i think that's um again it's one of those things like everything is just deeper here Mm -hmm. like the story and everything about it is we've got room to go deep and this is also where you know harry and lupin have a very frank conversation about the dementors and the experiences that he's having and why they're affecting him so much. And I I really like that we finally get the kind of understanding of what Dementors are and how they affect people and, and like, what their deal is. And it's not a good deal. No, it's not. And this is also, I think, where Harry kind of first opens up to somebody a little more honestly besides Ron and Hermione about some of the stuff he's experiencing because he told Ron and Hermione on the, on the train, like, Oh, I'm hearing a woman screaming. He never really put together what it was back at that time, but he did tell them about it. And he didn't tell McGonagall. He didn't tell Madame Pomfrey about, you know, what he experienced. He just told them he was fine. Um, And this is kind of the first time where he opens up and he's like, I know what I'm hearing. And this is what I'm hearing where he kind of builds that. He's finally hit that trust mark with Lupin. um, And is like, and I think this is also where he asks him to teach him how to defend himself against the Dementors. Um. Yeah, it is, which is wonderful. And I, I think you're on to something that I, I hadn't really been thinking about, but you're absolutely right in the sense that this is kind of not only the first time that he's really trusting somebody else other than Ron and Hermione, but he's really opening up to an adult as a, I don't want to say peer, but a in a way, yeah, a confidant. That thank you. That's a much better term for that. Yeah, and and he's really he is he's really starting to trust Lupin as uh, almost uh, you know 
Uh, I think for him, maybe there's some surrogacy of fatherhood there that he's he's feeling a connection with Lupin that he hasn't really felt with a lot of other adults except for maybe Hagrid and you know Hagrid has um his own issues to deal with and therefore it's not always easy to treat Hagrid like an adult but Lupin seems to be fully an adult he yeah he kind of is building this like mentor mentee relationship with him mm-hmm. or like yes. he really trusts him and and feels like he can learn a lot from Lupin and to do that, he has to be honest with him, right? If he wants Lupin to teach him how to defeat the Dementors, I think he feels like he needs to share why, right? Like this is horrible and Mm -hmm. this is what I'm reliving. And, and I don't even think we are, I don't know if we know that Lupin knows his parents or knew his parents yet. Um, I can't remember. Not quite yet, but but we, we do get, uh, a little hint of when he talks about what he's experiencing. Um, Lupin has a very interesting reaction. He kind of goes to, like, he cringes and he goes to almost, like, reach out to Harry. Like, he's going to put his hands on his shoulders to comfort him and then stops. Okay. So you get this feeling in this chapter of a that familiarity. There's, there's a familiarity with Harry. Like, what he's being told about what Harry's experiencing is having a huge impact on Lupin mm-hmm. as he's hearing mm-hmm. it. And so I, I really like that we're seeing that there's maybe more to this character than we know. Mm-hmm. Yes. On, I mean, we already know he's kind of been sick this term, but there's something else going on here. So, yes, I, I agree. It's a, it's an interesting relationship we're already starting to like explore a little bit more just in these subtle ways but yeah I I think that he Harry's really found someone that he respects the way he handles um Snape he respects all the learning he it's the first teacher that is teaching the subject he's interested in that actually is teaching the subject so I think there's a little bit to be said about that um and I feel like he's I feel like he's developing a relationship with him that he almost wishes he could have with Dumbledore, but he knows that isn't going to happen there because Dumbledore's got this sort of reservedness about him. You know, he's got something that's kind of holding him off and keeping him back from, from Harry. You know, Harry feels that like slight arm's length, right? He cares about him and wants to take care of him, but he I think he still kind of feels that. Like he's kind of always left in the dark, right? And Lupin doesn't leave him in the dark. So I think he's starting to form like a re- he needs some sort of parental relationship. So he's he's developing this, you know. He's picked this is the teacher he's going to do that with. So um what I think um you know as opposed to any other teacher here at Hogwarts, Lupin is the one who has kind of shown an interest in getting to know Harry beyond the classroom. You know, uh, when they had tea together, he invited him in. Um, they beyond. had the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And beyond his fame, right? Because so many of yes, these other yes. teachers are are fixated on his fame or, or um, we talked about before, treat him differently because of his, you know, his, mm-hmm. his history and his, you know, his fame, if you will. Putting that in air quotes for all of you listeners because y'all can't see me. <laughs> realizing that now um but you know kind of he's one of the first the weasleys and lupin are kind of the first people to treat him normal 
just like mm-hmm. anybody else. Um, and the same way that I feel like if he was around the Weasleys more, he would open up to Molly and Arthur a, a little bit like he's opening up to Lupin, but because he's at school and not at the Weasley's mm-hmm. house, he doesn't do that. Um, but you know, same thing. I think that he really, I think he really connects with people who don't treat him that are trying to get to know him as Harry and not him as, you know, the boy who lived. So, well, and, and, and I feel like too, you know, Lupin here is willing to have an honest conversation. He, he tells him about Dementors. He doesn't just assume that Harry knows what he's talking about. You know, Harry's not somebody who's from the wizarding world. And so Lupin is also a, a fount of information and willing to share that information. And and I think what this conversation too does for me is that it actually makes Sirius Black scary, like super scary for the first time. Because after they talk about the Dementors, Harry says, man, Azkaban must be a terrible place. And the fact that Sirius Black escaped them, this makes Black finally that, that villain for which this story uh, seems to be building. But it also makes him incredibly scary because if he can escape these people without a wand, these dementors, like, what the heck? Like, seriously, what the heck? Well, I think this whole chapter kind of makes Sirius Black even scarier. So you kind of learn so far that he's killed all these people with no remorse and you, you know, he... uh, you know, he's after Harry because Harry destroyed Voldemort. Like, there's all of this, you know, like kind of scariness. But this entire chapter, I think, is meant to drive home how incredibly deranged they she wants you to believe Sirius Black is. Um, because later in the chapter, we'll get to it. But you know, we we're talking more. We learn more about what his experience is like in in Azkaban, and and more about his sort of personality. Um, I'm sorry, Black's personality, right? We're going to learn a little bit more about that too from yet another third party um, that even makes him slightly more terrifying if you can believe it. Um, So the thought of this man in the castle should be absolutely terrifying to anybody and somehow Harry's still not afraid. (laughs) Well, and and that's something that I love too. I mean, again, we have this whole conversation and and yes, then it ends with Lupin saying, you know, after with the new term, uh, I'll feel better and I will help you. I, I will help train you. I'm I can't say I'm an expert uh, in, you know, <laughs> fighting dementors, but I will definitely do all I can to help you. And I think that's um, I think that's really cool mm-hmm. um, that, you know, um, somebody is willing to help it and this changes his whole perspective like he really starts to feel better about himself and and what's going to happen and then of course you know Ravenclaw uh just destroys Hufflepuff and Quidditch so that they really have a chance and Wood is you know back on schedule for you know really training hard and everything seems to be going well for him um and then you know the holidays Ron and Hermione are going to stay um and then Everybody's going back to Hogsmeade for Christmas, and Harry's bored. <laughs> um, and Fred and George strangely come to the rescue. Yes, because I love Fred and George. Yes. <laughs> and this is like where I love them even more. Um, I love our moments that we get with the twins uh, because they're, I think they are well portrayed in the in the movies. Fun and mischievous, but generally for the, the greater good. Um always have kind of a good intention behind what they're doing, even though they're causing mischief and mayhem. 
Um, I, I love that you get a little bit of a story about how they get the map versus in the movie where they just have it and they're like, oh, we took it from Filch and then here you go. Like here you is like a big elaborate story about how they got it um, and how they've used it and what it is and stuff. Um, telling him which ones are blocked, which corridors are blocked off and how to use the map and all that stuff. But um, I don't know, the, the Marauders map in this chapter just seems so magical to me. Uh, more so than I think it did in the movie. I mean, yeah, you get to see it happen in the movie, but for some reason it just feels like the description of the parchment being kind of old and everything, it just felt so magical, which sounds dumb, but... Well, and and that's, um, you know, that's something that I really like too because uh, we talk about all of these entrances that are there and the ones that are messed up, you know, and you can't get into and the only ones that work and that one of them goes out like we find out there's an entrance that nobody uses because it ends with the whomping willow so not only did we find out that the willow was planted the year that lupin was there but that it actually guards an entrance to the castle that's secret which is kind of cool and i i just love george mooney warmtail padfoot and prongs we owe them so much. Like, just... <laughs> and then Fred's like, noble men working tirelessly to help a new generation of lawbreakers. And it's just <laughs> it's just phenomenal. Um, but what's so fascinating is that after they give it to him and they leave... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. There was a really interesting thing that happens with Harry, and he remembers Mr. Weasley saying, never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see its brain. And I just, I thought that this was a really nice moment because it reminds you that Harry is new to the Wizarding Universe still, for the most part. And it also reminded me that Harry is somebody who listens and pays attention to what adults say. And that he's picking up all of these things. Um, and he pays attention to the warnings that he hears. Because, again, he's not familiar uh, with this this world. And I, I thought that that was a neat little moment. It's a very tiny little moment here. But it's something that really stood out to me uh, ab about the character of Harry Potter. And, you know, he doesn't listen to that advice this time because he really wants to go to Hogsmeade. And so, like, it, it showed kind of the way in which he rationalizes this, uh, you know, use of the map. I mean, but it'll be fine. I was going to say, <laughs> that's when he uses logic and he's like, well, 
you know, friend George has been using it for years and nothing's happened to them. So what's going to happen to me using it, you know, just this once or whatever? Uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I'd kind of forgotten about that tidbit. And it's a good callback to the last book um, where, you know, Mr. Weasley's talking to Ginny about like, what have I taught you about the wizarding world, you know? Um, which is another, and for me, that that made me not so much think about kind of what you talked about, um, which now I'm thinking about that. Um, it, but it made me think of Ginny, and it made me mm, think of mm. Harry thinking of Ginny. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's talking about a callback to something Mr. Weasley said, but that whole conversation was Mr. Weasley to Ginny. Yeah, and it was that's a good point. It was when Ginny was safe, and it was to protect Ginny, and and that was kind of where I went with that. Is he was kind of thinking about that whole scenario again. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I went with that. Um, well, and you you said something really cool, and I totally agree with you. Um, this map seems so much more magical and fun uh, because Harry doesn't know how to get into this secret corridor, <laughs> and a little tiny thought bubble pops up next to the figure on the map and it gives him the spell to be able to use the secret entrance. And I was like, this is awesome. I like, know. I was just imagining that in like cool animation, like, you know, descending. Yeah, exactly. You wanted to have I, a little I, I noise. Imagine, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the little thought bubble you see when like somebody's typing an iMessage yes. to you, you know, and like that, that kind of like boom, 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 boom. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's so awesome. Well, and this is interesting too because unlike the movie, he does not bring his invisibility cloak. He just immediately goes. Yes. And I thought that was kind of fascinating that they. this is one of the places where the movie uses the cloak, but they don't. And the reason is, is because nobody cares about Harry Potter when they run into him at, uh, you know, Hogsmeade. Nobody's paying attention. Like, everybody is just there to have a good time, and it just kind of lets you know that with the town flooded with students, yeah, nobody cares. Yes. Except for Hermione, who's totally pissed that Harry has used this map. I also thought it was interesting that, I don't know, like, without the cloak, that was, not having the cloak was weird to me, because you would think somebody would care. Like, you would think somebody would notice that Harry Potter all of a sudden is in Hogsmeade between the teachers who are there and all the students. Like you had to have known that people knew he wasn't allowed to be in Hogsmeade. Like you have to imagine in a school that big gossip spreads like wildflower, wildfire and him not going. Wildflowers everywhere. I know they're everywhere, man, man, those wildflowers. Um, (laughs) I mean, those would be a lot better than actual wildfires. So (laughs) a lot less dangerous. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, But you know, the gossip spreads and you have to imagine people knew that he wasn't supposed to be there. Um, So I was just so like, I was, I was anxious with him not having the cloak. Like Malfoy finds out, like he'll tell someone like this was just dumb. This was just a dumb move, Harry. Like Harry, you need your cloak. Like you're not supposed to be there. You're going to get in trouble. Um, And not just that, but it puts him, the, the secret passage puts him in the basement of Honeydukes. Right. And he has to come up from the basement, which then puts him behind the counter, which then he has to get from behind the counter. Like, oh, he's he's in all these places he's not supposed to be. And the like rule, the, the Hermione in me is like, no, you're not supposed to be there. You're going to get in trouble <laughs> like the whole time. I was so incredibly stressful for, <laughs> for me to read this part of the book um, until they get to the three broomsticks, which then obviously they know they have to hide Harry. But 
Um, I just, I don't know why you would think he, like, why he didn't think he was going to get in trouble. I just, I just don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand. Well, and, and it is really interesting because, uh, you know, Hermione has a great point. You know, don't you think maybe Sirius Black could be using this, these passages? And don't you think we should tell somebody about them? And all of this. And Harry does have that moment of like kind of thinking about it. And then no. Ron actually uses his logic and he's like, look at the sign over there, Hermione. And and you see that the Dementors have been patrolling the streets of Hogsmeade at night. And so Harry's like, Ron uses his logic. He's like, if they're patrolling the streets and the Honeydukes owners live above them, don't you think they'd hear somebody breaking into their place to get there? And like Hermione's like, yeah, but, you know, like, so there's this whole thing, but in, then she's like, well, Harry still shouldn't have come. <laughs> like, it, 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 I just, the whole conversation is fantastic. And it's something I kind of miss being in the movie because it is really important. And then the fact that they, I really like the way it's done in the book better than the movie of them going to the three broomsticks. Um, it's so much better. Uh, I really don't like the way that they do it in the movie. I think it's ridiculous to create this whole well the kids can't go in and then harry sneaks in and everything i think this is much more fun um and in the end it's much more impactful because it's a moment where they all learn this together and i just imagine all of their jaws dropping like farther and farther as they hear this story they're about to hear but before that i i kind of like that um you know uh, she describes Madame Rose Murda as a curvy sort of woman with a pretty face. And Ron's like, I'll get the drinks. <laughs> I, yeah, this is one of those moments, though. So I like how we learn the information. I like that we learn this information. Um, but this is one of those moments where I feel like it's not real. Which I I want to say there was, and, and it's been a bit, so for, forgive me here because I'm going to, I'm going to, invoke mommy brain here for a second but um there was another part in this book so far that i just felt like was not very realistic um they're talking about something so incredibly sensitive that nobody wants harry to know very openly in a public area without looking around to see who's around like that to me is just so one irresponsible and two unrealistic i, I cannot believe mcgonagall and hagrid would just not notice Ron and Hermione mm -hmm. within earshot. Like I get not seeing Harry if he's hidden, but like even if they move the tree, right? Having this discussion, you would think they would like take an extra second to be like, look around, lean back, you know, like, and they don't. And to me, like that just made it feel forced because I cannot believe that that would have really happened. So for me, in that sense, the movie was better, and that they were in a separate room having a discussion in a private space. And that no one was supposed to be there. And, it, you know, it would have been nice if Ron and Hermione had gotten under the cloak with Harry and they'd all gone together. But, um, like, I can't, I just can't believe that this would have really happened this way. Like, if the kids are allowed in the pub and, I mean, even if they just said that around any of the other students, you can't imagine that. Would, again, gossip wouldn't have gotten back to Harry or somebody. So... That to me, I, I, that element didn't work for me really at all. Um, but the information was impactful. 
See, and and I I think that I would agree with you, except for the way that she's written the story here, where, where Harry isn't using his cloak. So, the fact that the the town is so busy and there's so much hustle and bustle, I get the feeling as though if nobody's really recognizing that Harry Potter's out there in the first place, it's 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 the kind of like you know when you go to the mall at Christmas and it it's like jam packed of people mm-hmm. and like you wouldn't notice your best friend if they were standing next to you pretty much. I kind of feel like that's the situation for Hogsmeade and um, for the three broomsticks at this moment. And so them kind of huddled having this conversation, you know, um, I I see what you're saying. It didn't necessarily bother me. I guess I just wouldn't imagine them having the conversation then. Like I don't imagine going to the mall in the middle of Christmas season and having the conversation of what they had in that capacity like that to me i guess is where it was like yeah i I get that they're they probably can't see everyone around them or they just are sort of in this like a oblivion when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's like there's so many people I can't even distinguish, um, but then but, but then they shouldn't have that conversation at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I think... You know, it's it's probably a pretty valid point. So, yeah. hey, let us know what you think. Hit us up on... Uh, yeah, let us know which, if it bothered you party as much as it on, bothered me. On Facebook, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, uh, this is a place where we start to learn about the fact that, you know, we learned that James and Sirius were best friends. They were besties. They went and did everything together, and they had this whole little group, and, um, you know, we, we've got... Um, the fact that Peter Pettigrew, this other character, was a part of their group and not quite as good as they were, uh, but, you know, they still hung out with him. And we learn about this whole new thing that we didn't know, which is that apparently Sirius Black was the secret keeper. And we learn about the Fidelius charm for the first time and just how powerful this is. And we learn what the bleep a secret, a secret keeper is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that... And, and this the thing that was so interesting because I love that Madame Rose Murda doesn't like really remember what this is from school. And this is probably not the kind of magic that does, like, everybody knows. So I appreciate that they go into it. And the fact that... It involves magical concealment inside uh, a person. Contain They contain the secret inside their living soul. So th- I, I thought this was interesting because this is something that is, is going to be very important later on. This idea of not only the secret keeper, but magic involving the soul. Um, and it's also interesting that rolling here uses this idea of the fact that the soul exists. Um, I think that's going to be huge too uh, throughout the series because it kind of lets you know it. Well, I don't mean it is as a spoiler territory, but I, I mean that it gives you an inclination of Rowling's worldview 
that for her, this is something that exists. Like that there's a spiritual side to life. Like there's there's something beyond. And like that's going that will play into the rest of the book. So no more because then we get into spoiler territory. But um the fact that Black was the secret keeper and he betrayed them to you know who is just I mean like awful. <laughs> like it's awful. It's um it's one of those things that's just like surprising. Like they're best friends, they spend all their time together, um, you know, that sort of thing, and then he turns on them. Like the fact that he fooled his own best friends is like the most deceitful part, and it's the surprising part, it's the the um the twist in the movie you didn't see coming, you know. And this is also where the Minister of Magic starts talking a little bit more about black in terms of him in Azkaban and where he says, you know, well, then he must have lost his mind. He must have been that crazy to have broken out of there, you know, like at, while he's just completely out of his mind. And that's when he's like, no, he actually seemed quite sane. Like when I was there, he seemed to be calm and collected and, you know, he was, seemed just totally fine, which just makes you think that he can endure that sort of psychological torture and it not affect him is kind of like whoa you know it, it makes you think about him in a whole different way um that he's so determined they paint him to be so determined on his goal that nothing will distract him so it's just really interesting really kind well, of creepy it, yeah it I, I think what it does is a fantastic job of building up this uh, mythos around Sirius black and just how awful he is and then finding out that it was Peter Pettigrew who had cornered him, and then he just blows him to smithereens. Um, and they don't do what they do in the movie that say that there was only a finger left. Um, they just say that there are only a few fragments of him left. And pretty, I mean, just the whole thing is so awful. And I, 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 the, the way that the chapter ends is, you know, they all kind of go about their business and Ron and Hermione look at Harry and, and everyone's at a loss for words because what do you say after learning that your parents, your father's best friend betrayed them and is the one who caused what you've been reliving because of the Dementors. Like, I, the psychology of what's happening here, I think, is a hallmark of Rowling's writing. And it's also a hallmark, I think, of this book and where the series is going to go. Because, again, I think this chapter really cements the shift of the series that we are going to start getting darker and deeper into every single aspect of this world that she's created. Yes, absolutely. And I think for the situation in particular, thinking about how Ron and Hermione and Harry are so close now and thinking about the relationship that they have, the idea of one of them turning on another, the way that Black has been painted to have turned on the, the Potters is... Like it's kind of it hits home for them on a different level, and that that's a relationship they have. And and oh my gosh, can you imagine if one of us like did that to the others? You know, it's 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 kind of like I th I feel like it's 
emotional for Ron and Hermione, not just from a, oh, our best friend just found out some like horrific information about his family. And can you believe it? But like, it, it brings that personal element to it for them where they finally can kind of relate to the situation, even though it's not their situation, you know, it's not their parents that are involved, but they can, they have this sort of like emotional stake a little bit now. Um, I think this is where it first sort of hits home for them too. Um, so it was, it was really quite epic to think about in general, you know what I mean? In that. No, I, I, I really like what you're pulling out of the, this idea of how would this hit this Trinity and when you start to think about it, you you do realize that what's happening here is is that they're learning that a group just like theirs preceded them in Hogwarts and went on and and what we thought was you know this this friendship and turned out to be utter disaster. Yeah, I I think again what we're dealing with this kind of like psychological um, depth here is not something that you'd necessarily expect from <laughs> from a kid's book, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not just oh no, his parents died. Oh, so sad. It's this is mm-hmm. this is deep and can be personally related to. Yeah, I man, I. Reading this chapter, I uh, it was a good day to read it in the sense that I just needed comfort, and Harry Potter is like comfort. Um, so I kind of wrapped myself in that Harry Potter blanket, and it made me want to continue because this is the point at which the the book really just picks up and and takes off, and and the story just flies from here. And I cannot wait to get to some of these upcoming chapters. So I'm so excited. Uh, me too. Um, next one's the Firebolt chapter 11. And so we'll look forward to talking about that. But Drea, um, if anybody wants to talk to you about this chapter or anything that we brought up uh, or anything else going on, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PCF Chick or on Instagram at Drea Kaufman and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and just be prepared for lots of baby pictures. Yes, so cute too. Um, you can find me on Twitter, MattRushing02, as well as Instagram under the same name. I'm here on the network with John Mills as we talk about Star Wars and aggressive negotiations. Uh, it's so much fun. We we just uh, every week we pick a great new topic. It's a it's a joy. I'm over on the 602 Club on the Trek FM network where it's our general geek show and we're talking about all things geeky we like. We just covered Thor. Um, we will have um, Stranger Things 2 coming out. Drea is actually going to join for that one so you're going to want to check it out. Woot woot. And doing The Orb with Chris Jones talking about uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And then I do one last show. I know it's crazy uh, and it's called Cinema Stories and that's with my friend Courtney and we talk all about film through the lens of faith. So you can find all of those wherever you get your podcasts. But thank you so much for checking your outpost. Mischief managed. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.